Today's episode is epic. It's a two-part series on a zero to eight-figure success story in just 24 months, direct from a co-founder. Get your notes ready and stay tuned. Welcome to 2X E-Commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Kinney, answers them. Also hear from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me, and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So on the inbound marketing strategies, how do you beat Amazon? Natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website. I personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. If you're looking to grow your business, there's only one way by building real quality customer relationships. Most marketing software will claim they can do this, but will never deliver on their promises. You need to demand more from your marketing software. And that's where Clavio comes in. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers, allowing you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. That is why 10,000 innovative brands have switched to Clavio. What's the secret to building customer relationships? Tune in to Clavio's Beyond Black Friday docuseries to find out and unlock marketing strategies you can use to keep momentum going year round. Just head over to Clavio.com forward slash beyond BF for more. That's Clavio.com forward slash beyond BF.com. Hey guys, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. Um, before I play this interview, I just want to say that this is one of the most in-depth interviews I've had in a very, very long time. In 2019, this is no doubt the most practical, most interesting and most tactical, um, you know, interview I've, I've had so far. Um, this is a zero to eight figures so 10 million plus in revenue business highly profitable the founders have been in a journey they have impacted lives with great products they're, they're dominating the space and he gives us a step by step alan brower is the name of, of my guest on today's episode he actually gives us a step by step um uh step-by-step guide rather to to how he built this business from i think he had like 50 bucks or so and he you know he's not kidding to 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 10 million in 24 months um there's so many golden nuggets they they started out with um from a crowdfunding standpoint and um once they saw success in, in crowdfunding the next um, layer of success was winning a shopify business of the year you know um 
awards. They they got new mentors. They moved from the business of the year to business, bigger business of the year with Shopify. And um, he's just telling us... Um, he shared a ton, a ton of information. We're, we're talking about hacking Facebook groups um, when he had no money to, to to get in traction for the Kickstarter campaign. He is talking about you know traffic sources, Facebook ads, their major traffic source. Um, you know um, conversion rates, how they keep return rates to one. It, it's an epic, epic, epic you know show. Um, and he just kept giving and giving for two hours. I, I've not had a two-hour interview for many years now. Um, so, so just grab your notepads and your pen and just get cracking. You know, um, if you really want to get maximum, you know, impact and you know drive really, you know, um, take practical steps. You know, listen to this episode. I highly recommend it. So I'll just, um, without further ado. You know, um, yeah. Enjoy. Hi guys, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. And this is the podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. And as you know, if you're looking to grow metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat cost results, and ultimately sales, you are on the right we're in the right place, basically. Um, so on today's episode, um, I have with me a super inspiring e-commerce entrepreneur. Um, I've been trying to get him on the show like forever, and um, you know um, he finally agreed. Um, and, and that's just due to his track record. Um, I'm going to give you a summary of, of his track record. Um, started out Kickstarter in 2015, um, raised over 300k in 30 days. Um, he's built an eight-figure business, so a $10 million plus business. Um, he won Shopify Build a Business competition. Um, his company won that. He also won Build a Bigger Business competition. Um, he's a Forbes 30 under 30. He's been mentored by you know giants such as Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Russell Simmons, and he's 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 the deal. It's a real deal. Um, so, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Alan to the show. Alan, welcome. Thank to you. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, I probably haven't done you sufficient justice, but could you take, um, in terms of the intro, could you take a minute um, or a little bit more to to introduce yourself and um, your company, Best Self Company? Yeah. Um, so. Uh, my name's Alan. I, I'm the co-founder of Best Self Co., uh, Forbes 30 Under 30 winner with that business uh, for retail and e-commerce. Uh, have been spending my life um, in in sort of marketing, growth, and scaling, and um, and now have uh, sort of honed my skills with this business. We've been able to grow it from zero, from like not from nothing, from inception to uh to an eight figure business in under 24 months uh and because of that we've been we've won a whole bunch of uh competitions and and now are hanging out and being mentored by some really incredible people so uh it's been a lot of fun uh as for as far as me personally um i love the outdoors i love boating hunting fishing uh i've got a 10 month old daughter uh, who, who's bringing a lot of joy and fun to uh, to our world and um, a beautiful wife that uh, currently right now, my family and I are spending uh, the month uh, down in Florida hanging out and enjoying the, the warm 
uh, the warm weather this winter. Yeah, that's great weather there, right? Uh, yeah, that's jealous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, all right. Okay, um, yeah, it's, you know, sounds sounds terrific, and um, it's great you like the outdoors, um, and you know, hopefully you did also, you know, um, you know, show your your, your daughter um, when time's right, you know, the the, the great outdoors. Okay, right. Let's get back to 2015. Um, August, I believe, um, was when um, your Kickstarter campaign, you know, kicked off and you were able to raise 300K at the time. Over 300K, 322,000, I, I believe, dollars. Yeah. Um, what did you do prior? What, were, what was your um, professional life like prior to Kickstarter? Uh, so I was running two businesses simultaneously uh, leading up to that Kickstarter. I was running my digital marketing firm and I had a joint venture with my business partner, Catherine, at that time. And we, uh, we were sort of, our joint venture consisted of taking products from Alibaba, um, white labeling them, rebranding them, uh, giving them a facelift and then reselling them through the Amazon platform. And because I was running two businesses simultaneously, I was, uh, essentially a solopreneur running two companies and, and so was Catherine and uh, we needed to figure out how to move this needle forward how how can we move both businesses forward simultaneously when we still only have the same 24 hours in, in the day mm. uh, just like everybody else and it and what we started to do was hire coaches find mentors uh, join mastermind groups, read a ton of books, uh, and just get insights and go to conferences and whatnot and find out what made successful people successful and try to crack the code. And we ended up, uh, implementing a ton of things and some worked, some didn't. And what worked sort of distilled down into this framework that we were able to put into a day planner, into a blank moleskin. And I created this framework. I was really intentional with my time. I made sure that my goals were in front of me 24-7. And I baked in some gratitude. And from this framework, I shared it with Catherine. She started using it. The business started growing. And we're like, okay, we're tired of writing in this blank moleskin every day. Should we just create this process for ourselves? So we looked at a small batch production. How can we produce this product rather than writing in this blank moleskin every day so we can systematize it? And it turns out like small batch runs of anything are pretty expensive. And we didn't really want to tie up any of our capital that we were putting back into the business uh, with this small run. But we said, hmm, maybe there's other people who would like this. And we reached out to friends and said, hey, if you would buy a couple, you know, like 10 or 20, would you be interested? And they said three things. They said, how many can I get? How quickly can I get them? And can I invest? I'm like, hmm, so you guys like this. Uh, and then we said, okay, who else likes this? And then that's when we decided to launch on Kickstarter. Now, to answer your question about what did we do leading up to that Kickstarter that made it so successful, we actually, in that time, we built a list uh, of people who were interested, uh, which required... At the, at the time, we were using content marketing strategy and syndication with lead captures. So Catherine would write a blog post. I would syndicate it out to you know, Facebook groups and medium.com and, uh, and share it with influencers and like get other people to share it. 
uh, pu- published it to Reddit and all and in inside um, marketing forums and everything like that. And uh, we started to get traction and people started to opt into our email list. And then when we were about to launch, we would s- slowly tease people and get them ready for like, hey, this is coming. Hey, this is coming. Hey, this is coming. And then we would have a, an opt-in page to tag the people who were really interested in this product. We told them what we were doing. Hey, this is coming on Kickstarter in August. It's a couple months away. Um, sign up now to get like first dibs. And when we launched, I think we had about like 3,000 people on our list, maybe 3,700, I think it was. And when we launched, we were funded within 28 hours. Uh, we built up enough hype and momentum leading up to the launch. And I think that's where a lot of people fall short. They think, oh, I launch on Kickstarter, then I do the promoting. No, it's you do the promoting and then you launch the Kickstarter. How big was your database? Uh, 3,700. That's small, but it was, mm-hmm. and, and then did you track the conversions from, from the database? How many, um, people from the 3,700, um, you know, supported the, the, the campaign on Kickstarter? Um, I think there was like, uh, maybe 800 people who supported it. That's massive. So there's a very high quality targeted list then. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, what the the articles and the people that we were focusing on as we were building this list were already into day like structuring their day. They were into productivity. They were into like performance, like improving their performance, self development. We made sure that these people were only interested and going to be interested in this product um, because it wouldn't make sense just to build a list of a whole bunch of people who weren't interested. Yeah. And what about the, um, where did you blog from? Did you, had you, you know, figured out the name of, um, you know, the, the, the journal was it, were you under, you know, best self co or, um, was it in another name? Um, when we, when we were trying to figure out the name of the, the business, we were looking at a couple things and, um, and I think we, our original name for the business was like self improvement labs or self performance labs, something like that. And we didn't really like it that much, but we knew that the journal was going to be called the self journal. And it wasn't until like halfway through the Kickstarter campaign, or maybe even until the end of the Kickstarter campaign, that Best Self came around. Um, I, I, uh, the product was always called the Self Journal, and I think when we launched, it was under like Self Performance Labs, or I think I think it was Self Performance Labs, uh, because Catherine jokes around with me that that um, uh, she hated the name so much. I think I went away on uh, for a weekend with my with my wife and then I came back that weekend and she had uh designed this whole brand called Best Self and like did the logo and like bought the domain and she's like Alan uh, I know you spent all this time building <laughs> building this website under self performance labs um but I don't like the name and I like Best Self better I'm like all right I'll rebuild the website she was nervous that I wasn't going to do it again <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing and then yeah. um Content syndication, what, what did it look like? Um, you know, um, you, you mentioned Reddit. Um, what, what other platforms? So you were blogging from, from your website and um, what did distribution look like? And was it manual? Did you do it yourself or did you hire someone else? 
No, we we bootstrapped everything, so it was just Catherine and I running this at the at this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think my my strategy would change a little bit right now. Uh, now that I know more and and uh, and now that I have money to put behind things, it's it makes uh, distribution a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we didn't have any money and we're totally like doing this with uh, rubbing two nickels together. Um, what did the strategy look like? Catherine wrote a blog post. We put that blog post on our website um, with a lead capture. And these blog posts were good. They took like a week to write. Um, It was high value content. And then what I would do is I would go to these Facebook groups. And because I was a part of part of them for a while i could understand like the nuances the languaging how people share things what they're interested about and i would write a post specific for that group that spoke the same language as those people and uh and then i would share the, the post and then i would go to the next group and because i knew the languaging and how they talked and what they were interested in and how people share things i was able to craft another message to that group i didn't just like copy and paste a, a whole to a whole bunch of groups the same message it was mm-hmm. all custom and unique so that stopped people in their tracks got them to click through uh same thing with reddit you need to you need to, reddit's like this weird world and if you don't like interact the way that they like you to interact then you're not going to be successful there so yeah. hang out that hang out in reddit for a little bit understand how they talk how they communicate and and then share your uh the way that they like to to share content. That's yeah. the best way to do it. Super, super interesting. Okay. And um did did the did your Kickstarter what was your goal on Kickstarter at the time in 2015? I think our goal was fifteen thousand. Wow, you blew it out the water then. Um did yeah. it surprise you or um were you um or was that your you know what was that what you had in mind of 322k um so so our external goal was uh was 15,000 but our internal goal was 200,000 and it was funny uh Catherine and I we had one prototype of the self journal at the time and uh when we were filming the video the kickstarter video we had written in one of the goal pages uh raised 200,000 on Kickstarter. <laughs> and we were so nervous that, that the video was going to pick it up, but it was too far away and you couldn't really make out what, what, what it said inside the journal. But when we, when we hit that 200,000, I think we had a, like four or five more days to go in that Kickstarter campaign. And like when we hit the 200, it was just like, ah, oh, cool. Now, now we can like go out to dinner, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, if anyone's run a Kickstarter campaign, they know how, how full on it is the whole time. Exactly. Exactly. So, so that, you know, you, you had the proof of concept, you know, um, yeah. with the Kickstarter, you are now on your way to, to actually, you know, um, you know, building, you know, a, an actual business. So how challenging was it to deliver on your Kickstarter promise? And then, you know, eventually there's that, you know, gap between, um, the end of the project and the delivery of, um, you know, the initial products and then consuming, continuing with the business again, you know, um, you know, past the Kickstarter, some businesses, um, few businesses halt, you know, um, after Kickstarter, they, they, there's just this analysis paralysis where they don't really know what to do. Um, so how did you handle that bit? Mm, so there was there was some challenges in the delivery process. 
First off, if you launch a Kickstarter and then promise a delivery date, make sure that that delivery date is well in the future. So our Kickstarter ended in September, and we had promised people delivery by uh, by Christmas and or New Year's, and uh, it was tight getting delivering those uh, those products in time. Uh, one of the biggest challenges was the like the the freight forwarder that we were using. So we manufactured everything in China. Uh, the freight forwarder that we were using had put us on like this huge roundabout all the way around the world from like China to, to Europe and then down the co- eastern coast of the, the U.S. through the Panama Canal and then landing in uh, L.A. And it took like, I think the estimated delivery time was like 60 days on this boat. And we're like, wait, we have delivery time. So we ended up like the boat was scheduled to leave in like 12 hours. And we found out this route and we're like, no, no, this isn't good. While our container was at port, we ended up taking the container off that one boat and putting it onto another boat. And this was all all happening at like two o'clock in the morning. um, Because obviously China's time is different than ours. And at two o'clock, in the morning we're trying to like figure out logistics and like boat routes and like all this stuff uh but we, we ended up making it work wow well, okay right okay so that must have been you know um yeah heart wrenching so, so your customers got got um the products in in good time yeah okay um so and again, as and it was ready for the next year, which was 2016. So it was a great Christmas present. Um, they were all happy. Um, and then, what kind of feedback did you get, you know, from them um, when they had the products to hand? Um, what kind of they, they loved it? Um, they, they loved the products. We built a raving fan base, and over time, we 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 sort of put everybody into a Facebook group so we can keep communication with them. That's and, great. And continue the dialogue, and and now we do that for every one of our customers. So uh, the post purchase sequence, we tell them that there's a community of people just like them, and inside we put inside inserts inside every one of our products for, and the call to action is for them to join the community. So I think we have a community of over forty thousand people now. Yeah, who, who join and. What that does now is that helps us fine tune our products, uh, so they can give feedback. Uh, it also helps us with user generated content, which we can then pull, extract from that group, and then use in advertising. Uh, it also helps us with with product generation ideas. So a lot of times, our customers in this group will say, "Hey, I'm using this product. It's it, it's really uh, it's it's good, and I like it. But I think you guys can do it." 10 times better and sometimes that happens yeah uh, Alan, that that's um you know one of the best tips i've heard so far you know this year you know around you know harnessing your you know um, the power of your brand um around building a community and you know there's a lot of talk around community 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 but like if you you know harness the, the power of facebook groups um i only know very few e-commerce brands doing this and um, it's just powerful. Um, it also creates that um, um, sense of tribe, 
you know, yeah. um, and, you know, there must be no studies obviously have been run, but there must be a connection between retention and having a Facebook group because, you know, people, the power of the crowds and people feeling, you know, um, if, you know, this many people are part of this movement, you know, why should I leave? Um, that str- strong sense of community backed up by a terrific product, you know, um, is, is a killer, you know, um, just um, a great partnership, really. Yep. Amazing, amazing stuff. Um, that's a very, very good tip. Um, so let's, I, I didn't ask you this, but let's, um, what are the differences between Kickstarter of 2015 and Kickstarter of 2019? How would you have done things differently if you were to start today? Oh, uh, how would I do things differently if I started today? I would use paid advertising to acquire more leads. I would uh, I would use paid advertising during the campaign. Um, a lot of it would be paid now, um, just because uh, it, it's it's something that we know. And once it's once you fine tune it, it's almost like. You could set it, and now it just pumps in leads for you on a consistent basis. Would you still Rather do than, content marketing? Um, yeah, there would be content marketing, but instead of like uh, instead of the syndication approach that I gave you earlier, I would drive people to. Uh, I would I would pay money behind it. I would put money behind some posts and get more eyeballs on that content. Will that be paid social or paid search? Uh, paid social. Facebook or IG or Twitter, Pinterest? What, what platforms come to? No, I, I would do uh, Facebook and Instagram. Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram is a big one. Um, and then I would probably use uh, YouTube pre-roll yeah. uh, for, for video, pushing people to, uh, to like a higher value add piece of content from there. And, I, and, and, and that's in, uh, that's what I would do different as well. Uh, oh, I, I forgot to mention we did like this product launch formula into a Kickstarter campaign. Uh, so if we if you know Jeff Walker's product launch formula where you like provide value over three videos and then like give them the offer, yeah, um, we put our list of of uh, thirty seven hundred people through this product launch process and then. Uh, and then delivered the, the the Kickstarter campaign at the end. Instead of a course, <laughs> amazing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then was it? Um, I, I would do that again too. Yeah. Was it face to camera or um, was it just was it presentation or face to camera? Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, who who's the face of the brand? Um, do you both do both co-founders share, you know, on the face of the brand, or is it one person who's chosen to be the face of the brand? Um, it started out as both of us, and now we're sort of letting the brand be the face. Um, we don't want it to be the Catherine and Alan show, and it, it because that requires too much of uh, of our our direct input, and mm-hmm. we're not those those types of founders. Um, we do speak on stage, we do podcast interviews, uh, sharing like our strategies and like the things that we enjoy as it relates mm-hmm. to business. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't, we, we don't want to put one of us or both of us as the face of the brand. Um, we want the brand to be the brand, you know? Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Separate from, from yourselves, really. Yeah. Okay. So 
Let's talk about two things. About, let's start with one, um, your journey to eight figures in 24 months. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Thank not you. many not many businesses, you know, manage to, 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 to achieve that feat. Um, so what would you attribute it to? Um, what did average order value look like? You know, um, so how many transactions did you need to, to get, um, to, to, to get those numbers? Um, you know, let, let's, let's d- delve a little bit uh, deeper into, into that. Sure. You don't really need that many customers. I think today we have just over, uh, just, or I should say just under 200,000 customers. Um, but, uh, but that's today. And what we did when we first started was, um, okay, our product is consumable. So once it's done, somebody needs another product. Uh, so when you're thinking about launching your products and what products you have, uh, think about it. Okay. Can I sell this product? to the same person again, or is it a one and done type thing? So the first thing that we did because ours is consumable is set up a subscription model. So now people, when you see like subscribe and save on Amazon, you can subscribe and save on our website and save 10%. And now we auto charge you and auto ship you um, products. So that really helps. That actually, uh, that's like a million dollar business for us. That's just on autopilot. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a hack, a product hack in it, in itself. No, uh, I would say it's a hack, uh, but I would actually say it's more like when you're thinking about your business, yeah. what's easier to sell to sell to one customer, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, yeah. or sell one time to ten customers. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's easier to acquire a customer once because when you already have them, the advertising dollars are done. Now, when you sell them again and on a subscription, now it's all profit or mostly profit. You yep. have the, the cost of goods in there, but yeah. How do we get there much faster? Um, how do we get to, I, I believe the question was, how do we get to eight figures in 24 months and what Correct. are some of the key pillars? Correct. So uh, you need to think about pretty much two things. One, your model. So subscription was a big one for us. Um, now not everybody does subscription, but that's okay. Uh, two, you need to think about traffic sources. So how are you driving traffic to your offer pages? So, and then can you acquire customers at either break even or below break even? So we look at that and, uh, and then now that we've acquired the customer, is there other things that we can sell them to increase the average order value and, or increase the lifetime value? That's that's how we look at the business, and I know it sounds it's like oh, of course I know this stuff already, but it's seriously that simple. Yeah. Um, we we don't like to make things complicated. Uh, when we try to make things complicated, we fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't get the returns that we want. A lot of time and energy and resources and money is put into these complicated, you know, fancy things most yeah. of the time, and. And it's just a waste when we should have just been saying, okay, what's working? Do more of that. Uh, can we test this quickly to see if it's going to work? Great. It, it worked. Do more of it. Uh, or it didn't work. Okay, kill it. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, so you, you talked about, um, you know, this four key elements, which sound simple, but um, the devil is in the detail. 
mm-hmm. subscription traffic sources to offer, you know, pages, acquired break even or below break even and um, AOV and, you know, LTV. Um, just trying mm-hmm. to, to get, you know, as much average order value and, um, you know, lifetime value from, from existing customers. Um, let's talk about traffic sources and offer pages. Um, what were your... Actually, before key- we do that, I just w- I wanted to elaborate a little bit on, on uh, um, like, how we were able to grow so quickly. Mm-hmm. We never pulled money out of the business for, like, eight, about 18 months. We kept putting money back into paid out advertising back into acquiring customers. And then when we made profit, we took that profit and acquired more customers. And then what did we do when we made profit from those customers? We put it back to acquire more customers. And I think that's where a lot of people fall short is they, they end up taking money out of the business, taking the profit out of the business and putting it in their pocket. And that is just stifling your growth. Because mm-hmm. if you could put a dollar in and get a dollar fifty out, or put a dollar in and get three dollars out, how often would you go to? I mean, you just put as many dollars in as you can. And what happens is, is when people stop putting dollars in, keep putting dollars in their pockets, and the pockets don't produce a return. I I one hundred percent agree with you, Alan. How did you survive? Some some people will be asking, you know, um, you know, you know, they have expenses. Um, so what did you do in in the eighteen months? You know, not paying yourself. Uh, live as frugally as possible. Yeah, that's the uh, delay. Delay your delay your gratification. gratification. Yeah, uh, until a future date, and yeah. and not that we didn't didn't pay ourselves for eighteen months. I think we paid ourselves like two grand a month. It was something. It, it was small. Um, but it was like enough. I mean, I've, I've got a spouse, so we have dual income. We didn't live in a crazy house. We didn't live lit. We didn't go do like crazy vacations. It was just the two of us. We cooked most of our food at home, just living, uh, living a, a normal, but like, I guess middle-class life for a little bit. And by, by not getting too crazy too quickly, um, now our lifestyle is phenomenal. Awesome. I like that. And yeah. you know, this is the second biggest point you've made. The first one um, was the, the Facebook group um, in terms of your community. And this second one, no one ever talks about it, which is money, you know, and not money in all the, you know, we made this much money this year. It's just, you know, you know, money management, you know, uh, especially at the start or the inception of something that's about to blow up to be really big. So thank you for um, you know show, you know telling us about um, this and the importance of delayed gratification, um, not just in you know everyday life, um, but in business and business success. Amazing stuff. Thanks. Um, let's talk about um, the subscriptions. You know, so you talked about subscriptions. So you talked about those four elements. You know, very very important. Um, as simple as they are. Um, they, they, they are, you know, the, the, the cornerstone, um, to, 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 to your, to, to, to the growth in, um, you know, best self, you know, call subscription traffic sources and, you know, offer pages, you know, um, acquiring that break even and, um, or below break even and just increasing, um, lifetime value and average order value. Let's talk about traffic sources, um, and offers, what impact and offer pages, what traffic sources did you, 
were most important in your growth towards eight figures? And what do your offer pages look like? Uh, the biggest traffic source for us is Facebook. Um, Organic or paid? Paid. Hmm. Um, did you spend? Um, what, what did you spend to to get you to to, to eight figures? Maybe like twenty grand a week. Okay, not too to bad. To get us up there now, it's probably like four times that. Well, um, right now. <laughs> yeah. So you spend eighty um, k a, a week now. Yeah, we but we do we do a lot. So we have more products. We have uh, larger distribution instead of just focusing on like the U.S. and North America. Now mm-hmm. we're global. Mm-hmm. Um, where we've got fulfillment centers in four countries, uh, or excuse me, we have four fulfillment centers in, in throughout the world. So it's like our our reach is a lot bigger than than where we were just two years ago. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about fulfillment centers. We're going to talk about fulfillment centers um, and expansion. Yeah, but I didn't get answer your question about traffic sources. So I apologize. No worries, no worries. Let's talk about traffic sources. Uh, Facebook Facebook was a big one. We were using uh, user gener our best. So we spent tens of thousands of dollars on like custom full photo shoot images and um and then we put them in ads and they didn't work or they worked a little bit what really drives the 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 value and the highest conversions are user generated content because it looks natural in the feed mm-hmm. so uh, so because we have the Facebook group, we're able to scrape out and uh, request access to use people's images of our, of our products. And, uh, and then we put those in Instagram posts or Facebook posts. We then drive traffic to product pages directly. And why we drive directly to product pages directly is we custom develop all, all of our pages on Shopify. They're not just they're not just like templated themed pages. Think of Apple and how you go to an Apple store page and uh, and it's this long scrolling beautiful design. We wanted the same feel and nothing was able to and no theme was able to provide us that. So we had custom developed landing pages right from the get-go. Um, what happens when they land on this page is they do one, we force them to do one of three things. The first is obviously we pixel them. The second is how can we capture their name and email address? Um, and we do this by offering a free PDF download of the self-journal itself. So if you want this journal, download it, print it out. And start using it right now. Um, uh, when we capture their name and email address, they're in this long, like month-long um, onboarding sequence, is what we call it, uh, where we indoctrinate the people, the customers, or the leads about the brand and the problems that we're solving, and uh, and then the solutions uh, that we either have found out in the wild or that we've had to develop ourselves for those problems. Um, and then the third thing that we make people do for try to force people through is to check out, okay, how can we quickly uh, get attention from the ad, deliver as much value from the ad that makes it digest 
helpful for the customer so that when they land on the, the landing page, they just need a little bit more context and, and then we can then push them through checkout. Um, that's, that's our, our method, I guess. Um, that's, that's crazy. So does that mean that every single product has, um, you know, a careful, a differently crafted layout? No. So what, what we were able to do was, uh, custom design one landing page and then duplicate that landing page after, after testing and, and doing split tests and uh, a whole bunch of A-B testing on what headlines work and uh, the layout and the structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and once we figured that out with our main product, we were able to duplicate that template over to, to multiple products. Okay. Makes sense. Guys, um, you know, guys listening, um, you just have a look at um, bestself.co. Um, there's some amazing examples of, um, you know, the product pages. Um, I like the checkbox, you know, um, I like the, the collared, um, you know, um, modules there with, and the typography also is very, very, very interesting. Um, so what so a, a couple a couple things just to provide value to your audience, a couple mm-hmm. tests that we've run on our landing pages um, is after uh, after the product images, mm-hmm. just below the product images, put three testimonials. Um, where normally most businesses put the testimonials all the way at the bottom after all the copy. Mm-hmm. And we found a 22% conversion in add to carts when we did this. <laughs> that is, that's, that's massive. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely yeah. impressive right there. That was killer. Um, also, uh, in order to increase add to carts, mm-hmm. um, we offered a monogram. Um, so uh, how to, to customize your products with, with initials. Um, I, we don't know why, but just having that option increased add to carts. Um, I forget the, the total amount, but I think it was like 3% or something. But 3% when you're spending a, a boatload of money uh, yeah. on traffic adds yeah. up. It adds up. It adds up because you're, you're just um, you're piling up the top of the funnel and um, the funnel basically. And um, yeah, you're, you're increasing your chances of, of getting those sales. Um, I, I have to say that I am on a product page um, and I cannot seem to see, um, is this a mobile, the, the testimonials on, um, on product pages? The three testimonials you, you talked about. Uh, are you on the self-journal page? Yes, I am. That's interesting. Oh, you know what? Um, you're in the UK, aren't you? Yes. Uh, so we have, actually have three stores. One store is <laughs> in the US, one store is in the UK, for the European audience, and then one stores in uh, in Australia for that that part of the world. Yeah, and uh, we mainly focus on our uh, U.S. store. So this is, would be on the U.S. store only. Got it. Right now. Got it. Got it. Got it. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of Two X E-commerce. Remember, you can catch me every week and also send your questions and comments on Twitter using the hashtag 2XEcommerce. Keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. It only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store. Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.